how's everybody doing today? Mr. Mike Lampa and hey. Anna. Good. Good. Doing great. All right. We have a critical mm -hmm. mass in Denver today. Usually we're spread out all across the country, but today we're uh, we're centrally located, except for the one of us that is actually centrally located. Yeah, I'm the outlier. That's you. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Folks are showing up. This is wonderful. Hi, Todd. I see you. Hi, David. Hi, Riman. See a lot of people coming in. That's good. Uh, um, that's good. Okay. All right, well, I think let's just officially get things started. Um, I would like to welcome everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Kaylee Garrido and I head up marketing and events here at Great Data Minds. Um, Great Data Minds, if you don't know us already, we are a collective of passionate data activists and we're on a mission to modernize the world of data. We do this in two different ways. The first is that we have our services arm at Great Data Minds Innovation Labs. This is where we do strategic planning, education, and the deployment of critical data projects. And then over on this side of the house at greatdataminds.com, this is where we create content and we host great events and we really curate a community. Um, we run our videos and our podcasts and, and we have thought leadership sessions just like the one that you're going to see today. So a little bit of housekeeping as we get kicked off. This is a webinar. So of course your cameras and microphones are off, but we would encourage you to chat with us um, by way of the actual chat. Uh, we like to keep a robust chat going. If you think of a resource or a quote or a note that you wanna um, share in there, please do as we get the session going, but we will reserve time at the end for more formal Q&A. We'll leave a few minutes for that as well. So if you feel like um, chiming in then you certainly can. Um, some introductions for the other esteemed panelists that we have on the line today. Um, this session that we are hosting is called Using Analytics to Unlock Client Insights in Wealth Management. Um, and we've got some really relevant people uh, to share their expertise today. The first that I will introduce is our very own Anne McCabe. Um, she brings a wealth of experience in data strategy and technology with a hyper focus on using analytics to crack the client code. And she fits most comfortably at the intersection of digital marketing, commerce, content management, user experience, loyalty, and analytics. That's a lot of stuff, Anne. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a long entry. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot of expertise, and that's perfect because um, Anne is a uh, freelance consultant, and she's one of our trusted advisors here at Great Data Minds. Uh, my partner in crime, Mr. Mike Lampa, is also on the line. He is an accomplished transformation agent with a specialty in modernizing enterprise data and, and, and analytics programs. Um, Mike's expertise specifically lies in the intersection between the implementation of modern technology, tools, platforms, and tactical migration roadmaps. So he's the guy that is in there making these data programs modernize, creating data products. Um, he's, the, he's, he's, he's the great data mind. Really, oh, one, yeah. one of one of them, one of them, and he's also our chief analytics officer here at GDM. And then, last but not least, we have Anna Navarrete. Anna works as the director of sales and marketing solutions. Well, she's the director of sales and marketing solutions lead at Crescent Capital, which is a boutique family office and private wealth management firm serving CEO founders, entrepreneurs, partners, wealth creators. 
um, and multi-generational families across the nation. And so Anna is like, she's our woman in the field. She's our boots on the ground and she's Mm -hmm. living this stuff every day. So Anna, I would love to turn the floor to you to give us some insights um, around the wealth management industry today. Thanks. Um, Hello everyone, thanks for having me. Um, I've been in wealth management for about 20 years. Uh, Most of the time has been in the mutual fund sections, but now I'm working in the RIA space. So um, needless to say, you continue to grow in this industry. Um, Throughout my tenure, I worked to deliver technology solutions. Data has always been one of the major focuses. Um, Like every industry, um, there are technology challenges and these include what we have before um, on on the screen here. So wealth management, regulatory and security items, the confidentiality and security of the data we capture in technology is critical. Um, There isn't much that we implement where the discussion on how the data is managed and how compliant are you doesn't come up. I mean, I'm sure all of us have asked are you ISO 27001 compliant? Have you done GDPR, SOX, BSA? Goes on and on. Regulatory um, rules are always coming at us. So before we deploy any technology, regulation and security is a must, and it must be taken into consideration. Once we get to reason number one about why we have, we're doing this, then you say, what are our challenges? And um, as we move forward, every wealth management company has its own customizations, whether it's the nomenclature or how we do trades, how we market to people, everybody's just different. So we need to determine if whatever the selected technology we're working on is going to work well within the company and the customizations that we've made. And can we and the tech quickly adjust to the complexities and the ongoing changes within the environment? And then finally, number three, solution challenges. Um, You need to to provide quick delivery to adhere to the expectation of our business partners. So if we customize, can we adjust quickly? Can we not over-customize so we don't impact upgrades and integrations? Can we get to the data, the information that we need to make reliable business decisions? So... That leads us to the benefit of a true data-driven company. So Mike, thank you. So mm-hmm. um, with the strong data program, the data is available for making better decisions. Um, there's confidence in the data. Um, high quality data provides a competitive advantage. And that's because you have improved collaboration. You have better insight on clients. Um, the efficiencies and cost reduction are the simple things, and it's mostly the non-tangible items. So it's like, you know, there's one definition of a term. There's one definition of AUM. There's one definition of a client. There's one definition of a product. That's the value of getting your data together. Overall, data is the foundation to optimize performance. Right, you have a central repository. Everyone is getting answers from the same place. Um, It helps reduce risk and exposure to the company. Um, With something like GDPR or some of the other California or Colorado um, uh, client information, you know, the right to be forgotten, you need to know where your data is. And when you've got a good data plan, you can figure those things out. Um, You can track metrics better. Um, Data is more consolidated and well-defined. 
client reporting is consistent. That just helps build your brand and people trust you more. Um, and then integrations between systems are consistent. Mm-hmm. So when you put all of that together, um, you know, it eliminates that whole, the numbers are different scenario. And, you know, I'm sure everybody's done that where you pull a report from two different places and they're different numbers and, and you find yourself explaining why they're different. So having a strong program behind all of this kind of helps eliminate or minimize that type of thing. So these are the primary reasons why data is such an important thing to this company. Um, so. Anne is going to help walk through some of the ideas on how you can kind of begin your program here. Mm-hmm. Great. Thanks, Anna. So my name is Anne McCabe, and I have, as Kayla introduced, spent most of my career really at the uh, sort of confluence of implementing technology with understanding customer benefits and helping customers, whether it's digital marketing, CRM, e-commerce, loyalty, and um, have a long working relationship with great data minds and have done a number of projects with them. So what we're, I'm going to take you through today is basically our approach um, to starting to um, un, um, unveil this problem and challenges that you have around managing the data and getting you to the benefits that Anna discussed. And so we're going to look at the approach and then I have kind of created some scenarios uh, that will take you through to get you to better understand our approach. So the the, the approach here is four steps. Um, and we look at sort of bundle the first two steps and then um, steps three and four. And it's first couple steps, we're really going to align. We have to come into any any technology project, any project like this is going to interrupt your day-to-day business in a sense. So what we're going to do is we need to get that as closely aligned to what your goals and objectives are for potentially for the year, for for a a three to five year view. And we're going to sort of do that going through a, a process to get to what we call our intelligence vision. So it's that alignment of, of so you're spending, you're spending your energies in the right place. And how we break that down is through the use of a customer data journey. And we're gonna understand how you, one, acquire new customers, onboard those customers, and then how, what is the long-term retention and service of those customers? And what do you do? How are you engaging with that customer? And to, again, kind of circling back to the benefits that Anna talked about is how do we get you to that data that you are actually improving performance, improving um, the sort of bringing your client closer to your advisor in the most efficient way possible. Um, So we'll kind of look at the next slide. So this is steps one and two, again, creating that customer intelligence vision. And this is a further breakdown of what we do. And then I'm gonna kind of take you through some deliverables that we have that have mocked up just to sort of give you again that scenario and and hopefully you can get a better idea of how this might work in your own firm. So why does it matter? Um, Basically what we're going to do 
one, again, you have day jobs, right? So we're gonna understand your current state of how work is getting done today. And then what are your future states? And within that, what are really the prioritizations for the business? What's the business goal? Is it to bring in additional assets under management or are there other things just improving the quality of the relationship with your customer? So we're gonna look at that. And then what we're gonna do is again, map out what is actually happening during that interaction, which we call our customer data journey. What this does at the end, it's gonna give you the, the folks involved in the project, but also the broader organization, a vision and kind of a North Star of what you're trying to get done. And this then will also articulate the link between what you're doing today and what you wanna get done in the future. So, we, we're gonna look at sort of deliverables across, so we're gonna look at your journeys across these, um, the different steps that you take to interact with your customer. Now for the scenario of today, and just kind of simplification, I have broken it down to acquisition, looking at um, both your onboarding, sort of the selection and onboarding of a new customer, and then, um, how is what's the service and retention journey look like for them in the long in in your long run? So in doing that, I've kind of divided it into those three sort of more simplified um, servicing journey. But you might have four or five uh, additional steps. The goal here is for you to understand that there is a process for identification of your interactions with your customer. What data are you collecting? How is that data being collected and stored? And again, circling back to what Anna said, where is the consistency within that data? Where is um, efficiencies to be gained? How do we improve your performance? And again, how do we then help you meet your overall business goals by being able to engage with your customer better? So in the next couple of slides, I'm gonna kind of take you through what some of these deliverables would look like. Again, on the right, I sort of have these different areas where we would work with a customer. One, acquire being their marketing activities. What are you doing today from a marketing perspective? It could be you're putting on an event, you are your website, which is listed below as a, an area we would focus on because any digital experience is gonna be critical, you know, that optimization. Um, what are you doing from them once you're selected and um, uh, someone is it going through the process of signing up? What does that look like? Is that efficient? Do they feel taken care of? What is their access point to an advisor? All the things that potentially you're looking at to improve your experience. And then service being the longevity of that relationship, that year over year relationship to understand how do you engage? And again, how do you, how do you make that, that, that quality of service as high as possible and do it most efficiently? So you are able to, again, meet your goals. What we do in this first step um, is we take those goals. We, we basically set a prioritization level here in this scenario that I've uh, created for you. It's 12 different um, uh, objectives, 12 different goals. And then we map those to understand this is a pretty traditional, simple bubble chart uh, against impact to effort. 
So you are then, we know going into really then breaking down what happens in the acquire step, what happens in selection, what happens in service. We know what your goals are. We've already identified where some challenges are. And then we can look holistically at really what happens and then how do we fine tune that data that's being collected to really to, to again, to, to make this you more of a, a data-driven using analytics and insights appropriately to drive your business. So next slide. So this is a very simplified view. We're gonna give you a little bit of a, uh, a larger view, um, but they can, uh, a journey map when it's actually produced can look like an eye chart on a, on a um, webinar like this. So what we're doing here is I'm doing a really simplification of this process. But again, with those key areas being, how do we acquire that customer? How do we retain them? And what we're going to do in that process is really understand if you put on an event, if you're Mark sending out newsletters, if you are, what are you doing to acquire new customers? Are they coming in through referrals? And what is that engagement look like? Um, and so we're going to, we break down those experiences, understanding what is a customer trying to do when they're coming to you? What are those touch points? Is it email? Is it phone calls? Is it coming to your website? Is it events? And then understanding that interaction and what data is collected. And then within that, what can we optimize? And all of this we set up to hand off eventually to Mike and his team who are really gonna do the magic behind the scenes of getting that data in the right place, in the right system, so you can reach and achieve the benefits that Anna talked about. So this is holistically, we would create journey maps, can, are there many uh, journey maps? And again, based on how you, um, your customer journey in your organization, we would adjust our um, methodology. And the other piece I wanna make sure you understand is this is iterative. Like we can, we don't have to boil the ocean. We can take off pieces of all of those um, priorities that we mapped in the bubble graph. We could take one or two of those as part of our, um, the things you know, that we're gonna break down here. So, so this is an iterative process. And these journey maps become something that within your organization should be referenced as a living, breathing thing that is then as you optimize your customer experience, these thing, these journey maps start to reflect that. So it is a, it is a, um, this is an asset that should live uh, hopefully with the firm. And then the next slide, again, this is kind of an eye chart. So that's why I did the simplified version above. But this is basically what we do. We break down everything that is going on in those interactions and what data are you collecting? You know, I always, have, having worked with Anne, I understand that there are, you know, if a lot of this process is manual, then some of this data isn't going to match. And so we look at this from a technology, from a system, from the human side, and how do all those things come together to really um, to give you a picture, one, of what needs to get done to be more efficient, more uh, have a have a you know higher performance level coming out of the firm. Um, and then to then realistically sort of start to prioritize 
what needs to happen from a technology perspective, which leads us to our third and fourth step of our methodology, which is right here. And this is where we start to interface with Mike's team and we start to build basically what does that customer data model look like? So what are we doing today? Where do we want to be? And we document that into sort of this current state, future state assessment from a technology perspective now. So we've looked at the human needs, we've understood the business requirements. Now we're gonna map that to where are any technical gaps that you have within this process of where you wanna go. And then the fourth step is to give you that blueprint to say, this is how we can do it. This is your prioritizations. If we have enough data, the blueprint, um, period of time, we'll actually start to put together potential um, project plan planning with you to understand what that looks like. So, so these are the types of things that we do um, in our methodology. And this is methodology that can, again, be used um, by, uh, by, by this is a general use, um, uh, sort of, I would say, somewhat generic that we then modify based on the customer need. But it's a very common um, uh, way of looking at pulling apart and solving a problem, understanding what's really going on from uh, those the human side of it and the technical side of it. And then this is where we hand it off to Mike, the data, the, what did you say, Kayla? The data mind, the <laughs> data mind. Um, the, the great data mind. <laughs> the great data mind. Sorry. So um, Mike, now I'll pass it, pass it over to you. Oh, thanks, Ann. Um, and thanks, Anna. Um, uh, and Kaylee, I, I, I heard a new title that I got. I'm relevant. And that feels relevant. Great. Yeah. You're super relevant. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you know, you know, and and set the pick around the fact that wealth management is bleeding from the same thousand cuts that just about every industry is 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 uh, experiencing around how do I get better at really turning the the ship around to become much more comfortable being data driven, allowing my 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 healthy data to give me actionable insights that I can start to get more and more comfortable um, uh, taking advantage of, right? And then Anne, she stepped us through a, a, a really sweet approach for driving out, what are those customer needs? I saw customer needs all over the place. That That, that is such a design thinking approach, right? Let's really understand the problem before we start trying to design a solution. So give me the details. I really want to understand all the user experience that needs to happen. Beautiful approach that feeds into, how do I get this stuff done? How do I approach the whole data side of this thing? Because um, uh, as we've been hearing, you know, data's kind of like the underlying linchpin, uh, the underlying enabler that's going to help us get to better uh, performance across uh, the, the entire organization. So at Great Data Minds, we spent a lot of time in 2019 and 2020 adapting lean agile product management mindsets, which is very prevalent um, set of proven and best practices in the software development industry. We adapted that much of that body of work around design thinking, systems thinking, lean uh, principles, and then agile delivery techniques. We adapted all that for the building of software that creates 
data products and creates the analytic products that are going to act upon those data products. So I'm going to walk you through, this is our, we lovingly call this our pillar slide, you know, the, the, the roof, or maybe it's the house of lean agile product management on the roof is where the value is getting documented as this is what we need to do to drive two, two primary value streams, one for optimi optimizing internal operational performance across all your functional domains within your organization. And then the other is where can we take advantage of data products and analytic products to differentiate our wealth management uh, offerings and services to our customers and our clients, right? So the house of lean has this roof, which is the lean agile product management mindset. It, it's all about at the end of the day, the number one principle of lean is take an economic point of view. How do I generate value to my customers, which will in turn generate value to the organization, right? And then the, the, the supporting pillars are all around the mechanics. We're gonna talk through those. These are the software development, software management mechanics that need to take place. And then I'm gonna wrap up with, this is very transformative. And that means transformation means pain. And we have to acknowledge the fact that transformation is not an easy thing. We can't just expect it to happen. We have to nurture and cultivate the culture, right? So let's first take a look at the Lean Agile product management um, uh, principle and discipline. You know, the whole goal of having a Lean Agile product management mindset and establishing um, as a first-class citizen across all your strategic initiatives Data and analytics becomes a first-class citizen that sits at that table along with, with all the other key functional domains of your enterprise, right? And all those other key functional domains have analytic needs, right? So they need to be able to identify, prioritize, and then fund those analytic needs across those domains. And it needs to feed into a well-orchestrated um, and executed operating system or you know, mode of operation. And that's what the Lean Agile product management mindset gives you and the framework gives you. And the benefit at the end of the day is we're working on the right stuff. We're producing the right analytics and right means it's strategically aligned back to key initiatives of the enterprise, which should be strategically aligned to the key needs uh, of the customers that we're supporting. We want to get that. We want to make sure we're working on the right stuff for the right people, right? And then let's get into. So that's the operating system. It's the execution model. It's the way you manage a a program of continuous feeds of new analytic needs and capabilities across the enterprise. And then the description and the detail of those needs came straight from what Ann McCabe walked us through. I've got these customer journeys. I've got a lot of good detailed documentation that I can load into epics and then build out into stories that get prioritized across the execution of sprints, right? And the first thing we have to do is once we understand those data needs, we have to build the software that turns the raw materials from your operational systems um, that are inputs, transforms those raw materials into curated data products data assets that enable analytics, right? So software development, lifecycle, all the disciplines around DevOps apply to data apps. And then as you get into machine learning, it also applies to machine learning apps because we have to still curate additional kinds of data to feed these machine learning engines, right? So why are we doing this? It's, first of all, what is it? It's software. 
We do. We build software. So you guys out in the data uh, industry that think we don't build software, think that through. Because yes, we definitely do. All that code that we build to curate data products is software. Um, and then the products themselves, they're the underpinning enablers, as I said before. Data products enable analytics. It's when the, the analytics are effectively designed and used um, with an eye towards um, moving the needle in a positive direction, those underlying answers are going to turn into actual ins actionable insights, which will then generate the value that we've got documented in those customer journey maps. So I got the software. The output is I'm, I'm building these data products. There's data products built for this analytic consumption. And though, how are we going to consume the, 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 those data products? It might be um, I'm going to allow my business community in a self-service fashion to have access to data sets that they have, they have a right to have access to and a need to have access to, to do their own analysis. I need to have things like data catalogs that makes it very easy for everybody to know what data assets are available for performing analytics. And as part of the definition of every data product, every data set that we build, Inherent in that definition are all the considerations around data quality, around data governance, around regulatory compliance, um, even any of the rules around um, master data management and what makes for, quote, a client. I've got multiple you know, artifacts of a client um, that I need to get into one. And then to ensure that those data products are, are, are properly uh, monitored and constantly um, uh, optimized for performance and cost optimization. Uh, we have to make sure we got the right architecture laid down, infrastructure laid down, and platform laid down to enable um, uh, analytics at scale while also ensuring that we're, we're getting an, a, a good price per performance uh, uh, model. So that I might be spending a good amount of money on my cloud data warehouse, but by golly, I'm generating a bunch of value out of that cloud data warehouse. And then, of course, we want to make sure we have all the proper access controls and security controls in place to protect that data um, from bad actors or inadvertent activities. So data products are published, and they're published with the anticipation of being consumed. And as I said, they're secured, they're governed, they're curated, and they're designed for an optimal analytic experience. We don't want to have our end users having to all be SQL gurus. Um, we certainly can have SQL gurus, but I, I need to enable the business community uh, to quickly ask a question and get the right insight from that question, right? So right data to the right people, <clears throat> excuse me, at the right time, delivering the right answer and the right insights. So I've got these data products available. Now we need to start consuming them and taking advantage of them. And that's where the data science and data discovery pillar comes into place. At Great Data Minds, we are very, very strong advocates to enabling self-service to the business community, put the right tools and the right training and the right data sets in the hands of the people that really know their data and know what they want to do to move the needle forward with the business. Give it to them. And, and such that they're not always 100% dependent on data professionals to build a dashboard for them, for example. 
create this self-service um, uh, environment uh, and do it such that there's proper level of governance and control over there without being a change prevention uh, level of governance and control. We need to enable the business. And that self-service includes potentially additional data preparation because I have to feed machine learning models with um, formats of data that we didn't think of inside the data warehouse. It's self-service around, I want to ask a question and get an insight. Self-service around data science itself. There's a, there's a lot of uh, enabling platforms out there today that really help smart, savvy business analysts um, take a hypothesis and run it through their, these self-service uh, platforms and produce good quality predictions uh, using machine learning algorithms. And the whole goal is to promote analytic product innovation. We want people to constantly be trying new things in the business community. And once they hit on a hypothesis that um, shows merit, uh, then consider engaging the data professionals to harden and institutionalize the solution. And then last but not least, um, self-service and data science and data discovery also includes intelligent documents. Um, new, new on the streets, we're all freaking out over the last 90 days. It was like, oh my gosh, this augmented uh, artificial intelligence capability is really, really stellar. Right? So we want to have this, this well-conceived program to enable the consumption of those quality data products, right? And, and the, the, the goal and the key here is it starts to naturally nurture a data-driven approach to generating value for the, for the business community. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the humans. Um, and so often we get in these technology products, you know, we talk about people processing technology, but all we focus on primarily is technology, a little bit of process, and the people are kind of like, uh, you just changed my world, can you help me out here, right? So the high, the high performing humans as the foundation of the Lean Agile product management uh, house of value is around helping leadership and the organization as a whole get more and more comfortable with being agile, sensing market signals or internal signals as a, hey, something is changing and we need to get in front of this. Promote a continuous learning culture. Do things quickly and learn quickly, right? Promote an ongoing education um, uh, uh, program uh, and fund it. Uh, so often people do not uh, put enough money into teaching people skills and techniques and you know, new technologies. Um, and all of that will help to start level up uh, data literacy. Because change is hard. You know, every time you go through change, um, th this is a typical life cycle, right? You go from, holy cow, things are changing. And now I'm in this valley of despair. I, I, I doubt the change is valid. I doubt I understand what's going to happen to me. And what we need to do is, is knit, close that, that valley of despair as quickly as possible so we can get onto the, 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 uh, the ascension of hope to confidence to ongoing satisfaction. And this is all around care and nurturing for the people. A lot of focus needs to go into that. Right? So a lot of, um, important to have education establishing mentoring programs, create a nurturing environment, and then watch that um, evolve into a data-driven culture uh, through change and transformation being embraced. And that's all I got to say about the pillars. So 
you know, to, to get started again, proper planning is very key. Yeah, Anne gave us a great uh, technique and approach for driving out needs, right? We need to be able to feed those needs into a well-managed ongoing data and analytic program so that we're constantly feed, uh, receiving new requests, taking those requests through a, a global prioritization approach so that we're continuously funding the things that are most important again, because they're tied back to the strategy. So planning is very, very important. And it's not a one and done thing. This is an ongoing program. Right? And technology does indeed matter, especially today. Oh my goodness. Every time I turn around, guys, it's like, where did this technology come from? So it's important to have some means for monitoring the, the technical landscape and seeing what things might be a best fit uh, for your enterprise and your organization. Um, and and just wearing that constant continuous improvement hat that which is another lean principle right uh, and of course please please uh take into consideration that the real key to success are the people that action on actionalize or, or or mobilize around the the effective use of these analytic products um, to to produce better outcomes for the enterprise And that's all I got to say about that, Kalia Garrido. That was great. <laughs> really, really great. Um, okay, so perfect timing. We have a question coming in, and this is Todd's leading charge here. But if, if uh -huh. anybody has any questions, this is absolutely the time um, that we'd like to take them. So Todd is asking, what have you done to align the customer journey work with the employee experience to support that journey? Ooh. How do you ensure improving the customer experience doesn't make the employee doesn't make the employee experience to support it yeah. worse that's a great yeah. question that's an awesome question Todd yeah yeah so it, it definitely as we understand um, the touch points and the interactions so let's say you're doing you know you're doing email you're doing you're in the acquisition and you're kind of in your marketing activities we're going to understand who is doing that work today and do they have the tools they need? They are going to be the people we're interviewing. So we are going to align. Um, uh, if this is done right, when you create that customer journey and you document your touch points and your interactions, the, the employee is definitely part of that process. In fact, Todd, I should have that's, I'm going to make that note because I should have called that out. That's a great question. But absolutely, you know, the people we interview are going to be the people doing that work. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be identifying, you know, kind of back to some of the stuff that Anna highlighted. It's like, well, I have to do this, 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 and I have to then manually transform this because in this system, the product's called this. And in this system, the product's called that. And so in order to send out a an email, I've got to do 27 different things to get it out the door. Well, we're going to look at that and say, okay, no, that's, you know, that's not the right thing. And how do we simplify that? But also looking at that person, understanding their skills and to, to Mike's point, that human component really, you know, feeds all the way into the whole process is looking at um, the humans who are, who are going to transform um, in this process. So that's a great mm. question. I'm going it to make is. that note. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, and from your perspective, I mean, you, you're, you're kind of the, the customer that we would be interviewing. Um, what's yeah. your thought on some of Todd's uh, thoughts, Anna? 
So I was thinking about that. One of the, for instances, I, I know Todd, Todd, it's good to see, <laughs> to see your name. Um, what we ended up doing is the journey can be many different things. And this goes into the agile, cut it up into the pieces that you can do something about. So one noisemaker we made as of late was um, when a new client comes on, all of the documentation that needs to be signed and the paperwork and the back and forth that was going between the advisor and the client. Um, you know, the company I work for now, it's high net worth, so we kind of hold hands a lot, but we've, we've given them a portal that they can go and do all of their legal documentation signing through that portal. So instead of a back and forth between the advisor and the potential client on board, it's here is your portal and we communicate through that. We just seem to be a bit more grown up, but it has simplified things for the company. Mm -hmm. uh, so it didn't solve the full journey. It just took a piece of it that we could do something with. Now we're looking at what are some of the other bigger noisemakers. And it's not so much that we formalized to the bubble chart and you showed, but in concept, that's what we've kind of done to say, what can we do that offers the value up front versus some of the other things that we'd like to do, but maybe they're just a bigger lift and we can't get to them right away. So um, I don't know if that helps. Yeah. You know, I love what you just shared there because um, uh, what I heard is take little bits. Transformation is hard. So feed it you know, in a, in, in a, uh, a flow that's digestible, right? Because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Anne, you, you mentioned, this is not a boil of the ocean thing. This is a very iterative, right? You know, it's continuous yeah. refinement. Um, and then what I was thinking through is, you know, Anne's laying out this customer journey so for how we're going to more effectively interact with our constituents, our customers, right? And then there's, and here's all the data we need. And we're going to need to use this data and we're going to have to figure out how to integrate the insights into those process flows. And when we get those requests in, we start going through another set of design thinking around, okay, how do we best optimize the integration of analytics such that we're augmenting your operational flow and not taking it away? You know, mm -hmm. so we start wearing our design thinking hat again, right? You did it once for your customer. Now we got to figure out how do we do it for the employee that's the yeah. customer, you know? And, you know, another thing, Mike, I think that lends to that is um, you always get the approval to do these projects at the executive level, mm. but you really do need to get somebody that's more of the doer to be your advocate and to mm. work with you to make these. So it's almost like a groundswell mm -hmm. and it's not the entire company you're trying to change, right? You're doing you're doing, you're selecting an area and it's like, let's start here. And then maybe this area, we'll see the value that this area got and be interested. So, you know, there's in, in these companies, you, you got to find those advocates to help you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and they have to have a good set of the evangelist skills. Yeah. Yeah. You know, almost to a sh point of being shameless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's um, part of like, you know, producing those assets around the chart and the, and the journeys as it really does allow those to be, to, to get that stakeholder, you know, increase that stakeholder, give them that vision of what's going to be changing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And give them the vehicle to feedback. Right. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank you, Ted. We could have done another event just talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> um.
You know, it's funny too, you know, just one other antidote. I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was a Gartner uh, 2023 and beyond predictions. And one of them was around the critical importance of focusing on the employee experience in parallel with the customer experience. Um, so that, you know, because you got to have this unified thing. You know, if you don't address the employee experience, you got disgruntled, dissatisfied, uh, inefficient employees trying to delight customers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Impossible. This is great. Yeah, and so if there's any other questions, please go ahead and put them into the chat. In the meanwhile, I've shared a couple links. Um, if you'd like to see the recording of this event after um, we're done uh, processing it, then you can find that on our YouTube channel. And we also have a pretty robust LinkedIn channel happening too. So we would welcome you all to follow us on those two um, channels. And if you have any further questions about the details of how this could go, if you want to talk to Anne about how to get into some of this, um, the, the customer perspective of it, uh, if you want to talk to the Mike and team about how the data products actually run, then please reach out to us at info at greatdataminds.com and we can make the connections um, and uh, as, as needed. And as always, we thank everybody for joining us, uh, for sharing their time with us. We know that that's one of the most um, limited resources we have today. So we really appreciate you, you sharing some time with us and uh, we wish everybody a great day. Thanks everybody. Thanks, Anne. Everyone. Thanks, Anna. It was awesome. Yeah, Anne and Anna, great job. Thanks, mm -hmm. ladies. Thank you, Mike. Bye, -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye everybody.